All right. Yes. Sounds like I'm ready. Well, I uh, just want to start off first by introducing uh, myself. I am Marky e. Bullock, and I uh, have my wife Christy with me here this evening. Our boys are not with us. They are 15 and 13, and they have been invited to church camp with our home church. So they did not come. They are uh, having fun without us, and we're having fun without them. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, good to have a little time alone when you live on the mission field. That doesn't happen very often, but uh, the boys are at camp. Uh, having a good time, we just got to talk to them today, and so I'm sorry uh, that you missed them, but uh, but they are uh, a blessing to us. They help a lot in the ministry there. I was telling Pastor that uh, uh, Nick is 15, Sam is 13, and Nick uh, plays uh, the guitar on Sundays for us and the piano on Wednesdays, and Sam plays uh, the piano on Sundays and teaches the kids' class. So they're they're a huge blessing to us, and uh, just uh, glad that they get to have some time to be kids and uh, have a good time. So. Um, we are, for those that don't know us, we are missionaries in Spain, and more specifically on the island of Mallorca. So Mallorca is out on the uh, uh, east coast of Spain, out in the Mediterranean Sea, and the city that we're in is called Palma de Mallorca, and uh, it is just a wonderful place. So uh, if, if you imagine an island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, if you can picture that in your head, that's exactly what it looks like. It's uh, uh, one of the most beautiful places we've ever been. We... Uh, we have, I tell Pastor, that we've already had um, about 25 million tourists come through this year already. And so every year it just keeps more and more tourists. Um, and one of, uh, one of the most exciting things about that to me is we really didn't have any idea what we were getting into. Um, uh, we just knew there were no, no uh, independent Baptist churches there. And, uh, the longer that we've been there, we realized there's not really even another Bible preaching church where somebody could walk in and hear the gospel and get saved. Um, there are many religions, but not anywhere they can walk in and get saved. But uh, one of the most interesting things about the island is how multicultural it is. Uh, because of the tourism, people come and people stay. It's just I don't know how many people have told us we came for vacation and never left. It's just a beautiful place. Um, and we've had probably in our church 30 or more different nationalities already come through in the, in the four years of our church. Um, just this past Sunday, uh, we had a couple from San Francisco uh, that was there. I talked to Cardinalus, he's covering for us. And uh, But in our church, we have, uh, I want to tell you about a Filipino couple. I know we're supposed to give a report on what we're doing, but it's just exciting to tell what God's doing. And sometimes it's through us, and sometimes it's through other people around us. And so uh, we started the church um, a little over four years ago. And for the first several months, it was just the four of us going to church every Sunday and uh, I was really preaching at them and letting them have it, you know, and uh, they, need, they need a lot. But uh, we, uh, we were just having a good time by ourselves and inviting folks. And, and one day, uh, Ellie came, and he's a Filipino. And he, uh, he came, and he had been looking for a Baptist church for, he'd been there less than a year on the island. He'd been looking for a Baptist church, found our website, and uh, came to church, and hasn't really missed since. Uh, if he has to work once in a while, he, he missed it, but... Uh, uh, but a few weeks later, his wife came with him, and she's Catholic. Um, let me rephrase that. She was Catholic, and uh, she, is, she accepted Christ as her Savior. And, uh, and so they're just a sweet couple, and her name is Jalisa. But she comes from a Catholic family, and of course, you know, if you know the Philippines, the Philippines is just a group of islands, and on her island, where she's from, uh, is a large lake. Inside of that large lake is another island, Talim Island, and she is from Talim Island, and you can't get there except for by a little two-hour kind of canoe ride. Um, uh, it might be a motorboat, but it takes two hours uh, to get there. And uh, she got a burden for her family. 
and they couldn't go back for a while because of COVID and everything like that, but uh, they started saving their money. In this last year, uh, the beginning of this year, they went back and with the purpose of evangelizing uh, her family, giving her family the gospel. And uh, there's no church. There's a Catholic church on that island. There's, there's not much else. There's not even a doctor on the island. It's just uh, out there in the middle. And uh, they rented a pavilion. They paid to rent the pavilion. They paid to cater in food. They paid to get a pastor uh, over to the island. And um, they're so low-key. They're, they're interesting people, but uh, they're so low-key. And I guess a bunch of people came, and I said, uh, how many of Jalisa's family got saved? He said, almost all of them. <laughs> like just real low key and, and find out it's about 60 of our family members uh, accepted Christ as their savior and uh, just, just because of the place God has called us to uh, we are reaching the world and uh, you guys are having a part in that and so we are very thankful for all you guys do for us uh, since 2016 we looked at it earlier and uh, seven years that you guys have been supporting us now we're very grateful for just your faithfulness and just being, being good to us and being behind us and I know we don't get to be around very often. That's kind of the nature of the job, but uh, but it is good to be here, and we are very appreciative for you guys and all you do for us. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. My message includes a couple more updates, and so we're just going to jump right into John chapter 11. I did want to mention that we do have new prayer cards. Um, the other ones, I think, actually maybe even have us going to a different part of Spain. God changed our direction. That's a different story, but uh, if, you, if you didn't get a new prayer card, we have those. John chapter 11 this evening. Is there a clock? I didn't see. I got one right here, I think, actually. I think I got one here. <laughs> All right, there we go. Usually finish around eight. Okay. Well, um, John chapter 11, we won't read the whole chapter this evening. Uh, it's a long chapter. I encourage you to read it if you get a chance uh, tonight for devotions or in the morning or uh, just for fun, right? If you do something else for your devotions, uh, just read it for fun. Um, I was studying uh, for Easter, and I was just reading a couple verses here, and, and I was just enjoying John chapter 11, so I just read the whole thing, and, and I learned a lot as I was reading through it, and uh, you know, sometimes you read through a passage, and uh, if we're being honest, sometimes we just read through, and we're just getting through it, right, and, and other times, uh, we're really paying attention to what we're reading, I know, I know I'm a missionary and pastor, I'm supposed to just get it right every time, but I'm working on some things, all right, you know, just keep praying for me, we're working on things, but... Uh, I was just really enjoying reading it, and God brought out several things. And so uh, this evening we're looking at John chapter 11. Uh, I didn't, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I went to Bible college, but I, I didn't want to be a missionary. I didn't want to be a preacher. Um, and so I avoided all those classes, and uh, that was a bad, bad idea. But, uh, but I, did, I have learned one thing since then, that if you have a very like, kind of cool, catchy title, you're doing pretty good. So... Uh, I have a title for you this evening. It's called Lessons from John 11. All right? So does that work? Lessons from John? I don't know if that's cool and catchy enough, but Lessons from John chapter 11. And I have about uh, five we're going to look at this evening. There are many more that we could look at, but we're going to look about five this morning, uh, evening. We're in the evening here, right? Uh, so the first thing I see, and we'll look at some verses here in just a second, but the first thing that I see is that God's timing is different than ours. God's timing is different than ours. Look what, um, let me set the stage, and then we'll look at verse 6. But uh, I would guess Wednesday night crowd, I would guess most of you know this story, but Jesus uh, has a friend. His name is Lazarus, and he has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they're all friends. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but 
uh, when someone is my friend and they need something, I do whatever I can to help them. And vice versa, that's what a friend does. And so can you imagine having Jesus as your friend? Now, I understand he's a friend that's taken closer than a brother, but having Jesus as your friend here on this earth, that, that would be pretty amazing. And so here, Lazarus is sick, okay? And look what it says in verse 6. When he had heard, when he, speaking of uh, Jesus, had heard, therefore, that he, Lazarus, was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. <laughs> so his buddy, his friend Lazarus, is sick. And in my mind, uh, we go help our friends, right? That's what we do. We go, and uh, I can imagine the disciples, they know Jesus. They know Jesus loves Lazarus. They know Jesus is capable of healing Lazarus. And I can imagine, sometimes I like to imagine what, what might have happened. And I can imagine the disciples, okay, Lazarus is sick. Let's pack up the tent. Let's go. And we're going to help Lazarus because Jesus loves Lazarus. And Jesus said, no, we're going to just hang out here for two days. We're going to hang out a little bit. And I can imagine how Mary and Martha and maybe Lazarus before he died, how they must have felt, right? Maybe, maybe they felt a little confused. Jesus, um, God, where are you? Why, why aren't you coming? Uh, maybe they felt disappointed. Maybe they felt uh, cheated. Maybe they may have even felt a little angry with God or with Jesus. Have you ever been there before? You just feel a little confused with what God's doing. Maybe, maybe you're disappointed, God. Uh, I, thought, I thought this would have happened by now. Why is it not happening? Well, it's because his timing is different than ours. Um, one example uh, from our ministry, we just celebrated our fourth anniversary uh, in June our, at our church. We celebrated our, our fourth anniversary. The year before that, we celebrated our third anniversary. That's kind of how it works, okay? So, so we celebrated our third anniversary. And our third anniversary was special because it was uh, our inauguration of our new building, which uh, you guys gave to, and we're very grateful for that. I'll, I'll tell you that story here in a minute about how it all worked out. But uh, uh, we were celebrating our third anniversary, our inauguration. We had it all set up. We had the date planned. Uh, we had invited people. Uh, I believe everybody in our church had somebody committed to come. And we were excited. And then I don't know if you have read our prayer letters, but uh, I got really sick. And uh, I, I had a fever for 15 days. I was in the hospital for almost a week of that, and they couldn't figure out the cause. And long story short, I'm not sick anymore. But uh, we had to move our service back one week. So the day came. We're excited. None of our visitors showed up. Not one. We had to move it. It's understandable. They had already had plans or whatnot, but man, we felt a little confused, <laughs> maybe disappointed. God, what's going on? You know, I would say we got felt cheated or got angry, but we were trying to figure out what's going on. That Sunday, I don't remember the exact date anymore. I believe it was June 26th. I believe we had a plan for June 19th, but June 26th was the day we ended up having to have it. Somewhere between June 19th and June 26th, this Argentinian couple came to our island for vacation. Somewhere between June 19th and June 26th, uh, that Argentinian couple received an invitation to our church. And on June 26th, that Argentinian couple heard the gospel and they got saved, both of them. Not on the day we had planned, but in God's timing. Another young lady, Nieves, she's a, a single lady there from our island from just living a few blocks away. Somewhere between June 19th and June 26th, she found an invitation to our anniversary service just thrown on the ground. And 
and it still says the 19th on it, but she came the next Sunday on the 26th, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. You see, he doesn't work according to our timing all the time. And, and I'm so thankful that we didn't have our anniversary service on June 19th. Not in the moment. In the moment, I was like, what's going on, right? But on June 26th, God had a plan. And his timing is just different than ours. Uh, I, I think sometimes uh, God has to push us, right? Sometimes, sometimes we're kind of trying to hold the brakes and God's pushing along. And, and other times, uh, God's trying to hold us back, right? And, but his timing is different than ours. I think uh, verse 39 here, I find this interesting. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. So he'd already died. But Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And so uh, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking God is about to do one of the greatest miracles ever. I know I keep saying God, Jesus. Jesus is God. Amen. And so we, uh, God is about to do one of his greatest miracles ever. He's about to raise Lazarus from the dead, and this is a benefit to her. And she says, hold on. Hold on. Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure now's the time? Because it's been four days. And, uh, and so many times uh, he, he has to push us. Many times he has to hold us back. But, but I've just learned down through the years his timing is just different than mine. And uh, I've also learned down through the years his timing is better than mine. And uh, I'm thankful that he doesn't always work according to my timing. The second thing I learned here. And not only does, is, my time, is his timing different than ours, but he does not work according to our expectations. He doesn't work according to our expectations. Look at verse 21, and then we'll jump down to verse 32. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now we'll jump down to verse 32 and see what Mary has to say about it. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord... If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. They both said the same thing. Lord, if thou hadst been here. <laughs> How many times do we question God? <laughs> right? God, uh, I, would, I would do that for you, but if you would just do this for me first. Or, God, why did you allow that to happen to, to so-and-so? Why did you allow that into my life? And how many times do we question God? But it's because he does not work according to my expectations. Um, hold your place there, and let's look at a verse in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, and verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, many times when we're in the moment, I don't know about you guys, but I, I make good plans. And I have good plans, and I like to let God know about them sometimes. You know, Hey, God, if we could do this, this would be awesome, right? And God says, hey, that's not how I'm going to do it. And in the moment, that, that can hurt. In the moment, you might feel a little confused. But in the end result, we have to just realize his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and I'm glad he doesn't work according to my expectations. Uh, I think about Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, uh, where, let's turn there. So I, I don't know if I'll get it exactly right, so let's go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. 
Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm a little different. <laughs> you might have already noticed, but I'm a little different. Uh, my mind works differently. Some people use the term crazy when referring to me, but uh, I'm, I'm just a little different and, and I think differently. And I can come up with some pretty good things. Like, hey, maybe God could do this. Hey, maybe God could do that. And he says, you know, I can actually do better. He said, I, I got this. I can do way better than what you're thinking. And so in the moment, I might not be super excited about him not working according to my expectations. But the end result is much better if I'll just trust him. And I'm so thankful in the end that he does not work according to my expectations. In this last year uh, there in Spain, it's been a little bit of a difficult year. We've had a, um, we had a missionary family working with us. And out of the blue, they just... Uh, kind of left, came back to the States and just kind of left us. And uh, we had plans. Uh, our island is about a million people. And we wanted to start some Bible studies in other areas of the island and, and get some things going. And um, uh, and they just out of the blue kind of up and left. We had another family. Uh, they, they left the church as well because, uh, well, there's deeper reasons, but they said because we celebrated uh, Halloween and Christmas and Thanksgiving, um, which we, we didn't even do, do hardly anything, but uh, it, was, it was a little bit of a rough year. But during that year, uh, just a few weeks after, uh, so this would have not even been a year, but January, that missionary family, they left us. And uh, shortly around that time, I can't remember if it was a little before or a little after, but um, the young man, um, he's a refugee from Venezuela. He lived with us for about 10 months. I don't know if you remember him and his wife. Uh, his name is Carlos, and her name is Rodelis. Uh, but they, they were refugees from Venezuela, and they moved into our home <laughs> for about 10 months. And uh, during quarantine, uh, we, had a, we were enclosed for four months, so that was very interesting with people we didn't really know living with us. But, uh, but God really used that. And, and he came to me, he said, hey, Marky, uh, I think God's calling me into the ministry. I think God wants to do something more in my life. And so uh, we talked about it, we prayed about it, we were figuring out what God might have for him. And about the time this young family left, he came to me. He said, look, I know you have ideas. I know you want to reach the island. And uh, because of my illness, I, I'm doing pretty good now. But at that point, I was just really struggling with energy and things like that. He says, he's younger. He's 27. He says, uh, you have good ideas, and I have the energy. And together, maybe God could help us reach these islands. And uh, so Carlos, if you pray for Carlos, and his wife's name is Ronelis. If you can pronounce that, you're doing good. All right. Uh, but Carlos Ronelis, they just got approved with a mission board. Uh, to be missionaries, to, to try to raise support um, so that they can help us reach the islands. And uh, it's going to be a tough task. They can't actually come raise support because of their refugee status. And so uh, just pray for us as we try to, 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 to raise his support. And he, uh, my expectations were that us Americans are going to conquer this island, right? We had us and we had this other missionary family and God brought them along and uh, and, and we were excited we were going to reach the island. And God says, but I don't work according to your expectations. He says, here, take Carlos. And, uh, and, if, and if, if we're just being honest, uh, if I could pick anybody in the world to work alongside of me, it wouldn't be Carlos. It would be my brother, Doug. Carlos would be second. <laughs> I love Carlos. But, uh, uh, so we're very thankful for what God's doing. So uh, when, when things are going, my point is when things aren't going the way we think they ought to go, uh, maybe when people leave or maybe when, when something happens that we're not expe expecting, 
uh, just remember that he doesn't work according to our expectations. And I know that's hard to swallow sometimes because, like I said, I make good plans and I try to, I try to let him know about them, right? But, uh, but he doesn't work according to our expectations. The third thing I learned in this chapter is that we tend to only focus on the immediate, right? Don't we? Many times, I mean, naturally so, right? We can only see what's right in front of us. I think about Mary and Martha. Uh, they were focused on the fact that their brother had died. That's a, that's a thing we would all focus on, right? Uh, but we tend to focus only on the immediate. Uh, maybe it's we need a job, and we just need a job, or we want a new job, and, and, and we just focus on that job, and the job offer comes, and, and we take the job, and they say, now you have to work on Sundays. And how about Wednesday night? You have to work on Wednesday night as well. And we get focused on, on that one thing, and we don't even think about, well, maybe, maybe I'm okay with the job I have. And God just wants me to use some of my time for my family or some of my time to, to serve in the church or, or, or to serve him in other ways. Or maybe, maybe he doesn't want you to have a new job because he wants you to be a missionary or, or go into the ministry in some, some capacity. Um, many times uh, our focus is on money, right? Many times we've got to have more money. We've got to have more money. And uh, we, we focus on that. And um, I preached a sermon recently. And uh, if, if we work... Uh, the, the average work day, uh, uh, week for, a, for an American is supposed to be 40 hours. I understand it doesn't work that way, but uh, the 40 hours a week. If we work 10 extra hours a week for, for average work life, we have spent 5.2 years working extra, right? And, and so, so maybe, maybe we need money, but maybe we just need to trust God for that money. Maybe we need money. I don't mean to diminish whatever our needs, whatever our problems may be. Maybe, maybe you do need a job. Maybe, uh, maybe you do need money. I guess we would all probably say I do need money, right? But maybe, uh, maybe you just lost a loved one, as Mary and Martha did. And I don't mean to diminish what, uh, what you're going through, but I do want to encourage you just to trust him. See, we, we tend to only focus on the immediate, but he sees the whole picture. Look what it says in verses 40 through 42, back in John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verses 40 through 42. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where, he was, uh, where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. You see, Jesus' purpose in this whole story wasn't to heal Lazarus from his sickness. Could he have done that? Sure, he could have. It wasn't to raise Lazarus from the dead. Could he have done that? He did do that. That wasn't his purpose. What was his purpose? Verse, the end of verse 42, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. You see, he saw the whole picture. He said, hey, I, I, could, I could heal Lazarus from the dead. I mean, from his sickness. I could heal Lazarus from his sickness, but I want people to really know who I am, right? And, and he saw the whole picture. And many times when we focus on the immediate and we get so focused on it that we're just going to go for it no matter what, it's because we're not trusting God and seeing the whole picture. Uh, and, and we need to learn to trust God because he sees the whole picture. The fourth thing I learned, this is a good one. They're all good. They're all from the Bible, but this is how I like this one. Nothing is impossible with God. Right. Nothing is impossible with God. We've already read verses 38 through 42. Let's continue reading verse 43. 
And when he and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, unto them, loose him and let him go. Uh, Pastor, you probably heard the joke, maybe many of you have heard the joke that uh, it says here, Lazarus come forth is what Jesus said. And uh, if you've heard it, just laugh with me so I feel good about it. But uh, uh, I've heard people say, why did he say Lazarus come forth and not just come forth? And the joke is, well, if he would have just said come forth, everybody would have risen from the dead and come forth, right? Yeah. I don't know if that would have happened or not, but I know he could have done that because nothing is impossible with God. Uh, we, we look at verses, we won't take time tonight, but uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26, uh, with God, all things are possible. With men, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And uh, we, uh, as a church, um, I preached, it's been a little over a year ago now, uh, maybe a year and a half, I preached about prayer. And I preached about uh, different things we could be praying for. And the last one was that we should be praying for things that are impossible. Because if we truly believe that all things are possible with God, and we don't pray like they are, <laughs> We're missing out, right? And so I said, hey, I want you as an individual to pick something or some things that are impossible in your life uh, and, and just pray for them. Uh, my wife showed me her list at the end of the year, and I don't remember if she started with eight or nine things that were impossible. And within a year, five or six of those God had already taken care of. Because nothing is impossible with God. As a, I encourage them as a family, hey, grab on to something that's impossible. What do you want for your family? What do, what do you want God to do with your family? How do you want God to use your family? Uh, pick something and pray for the impossible. And I said, for our church, we're going to pray for our own building. Um, many churches in Spain, um, you've been a little to some more churches in, in Western Europe, but I would guess it's pretty similar in a lot of, in a lot of places in Europe. But uh, many churches are 30, 40 years old, and, and they're still renting, right? And so uh, we just were praying. We don't want to keep renting. We want to have our own building. And uh, we assumed uh, maybe that might be payments or whatever, but, but we, we just wanted to have our own building. We didn't want to just keep renting. The problem is for Americans, our money is not tied there. It's tied here, so we have to come in with 60% down. All right, so we started praying for, for our building. Impossible, right? They told us it was impossible. We started praying for our building. And um, at the, about that same time, our rent was going up. Uh, we had... Um, now, when I say building pastor, I'm using that term very loosely. It's not like this. It's a storefront. We have other, other stores on both sides, and we have uh, uh, apartments on top of us, okay? But, but it's, our, it's our building that we're praying for. And so um, we're praying for our building. Our rent uh, is going up to, uh, it was about 1,200 square feet, and we were going up to about $1,400 a month. And uh, the neighbors started complaining about the noise, uh, about our music, you know, our drum. Just kidding. We don't have drums, all right? But... Uh, uh, but we did, because of COVID, uh, have to go to three services. Uh, we had a bilingual service, an English service, and a Spanish service. And uh, there was a lot more music going on, and, and people started complaining. So I said, you know what? We're going to look for another building to rent. Again, I said I'm working on some things. Oh, ye of little faith, right? You're praying for your own building, and then you're going to look for something to rent. All right, again, pray for me. I'm working. I'm, I'm growing. So we started looking for another building to rent. And something that never happens over there is the rent-to-own option, except this one time. We found this building that was rent-to-own, and uh, 
We came in, we said, hey, we need this, 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 and this, and then maybe we can try to do it. And uh, the, the real estate agent said, the owner will never go for that. I said, well, if you don't ask him, he surely won't. And so he asked him, and he went for it. And so, so that was the easy part. <laughs> so now, to get into this building, we have to come up with $35,000. And that's just to get into it. That's uh, the down payment. That's not any remodel. It needed fully remodeled. And so $35,000, we had thirty-five. We just didn't have all those zeros that went after it, right? So uh, we, we needed some help. And the missionary that was with us and I and our wives, we started talking and said, you know, our pastors always tell us if we need something to let them know. So we said, how about we call? We prayed about it. said, how about we call our supporting pastors and just see if God will give us 35 or maybe even 50 or 60 so that we can have some remodel money. And so we started doing that. And one of my favorite things about serving the Lord, about being uh, a missionary, I don't, I don't think it's uh, only for missionaries, but one of my favorite things about serving the Lord is just watching him work. Uh, like I said, he doesn't work according to our time. He doesn't work according to our expectations. This is better, right? And so uh, because of the time change, uh, the other missionary, Jason and I, were up at the office uh, at night calling our pastors and just seeing what God could do. And honestly, Pastor, uh, we just started laughing. God just kept... So he would get off the phone, hey, I got $500 committed. And I'd get off the phone, hey, I got 1000 committed. And he got off the phone one time and said, I've got $10,000 committed. And we just started laughing because God was just in front of our eyes doing something great, doing something impossible. And that, that week, it only took really a few nights, but that week, uh, we didn't only get $35,000 committed. We didn't only get fifty dollars or $60,000 committed. We got $250,000 committed. <laughs> Man, we were, we were just having a time there in our offices. and Amen. So we went to the real estate agent, and I said, you know what? Let me get my um, architect, uh, engineer, that's where I was. Let me get my engineer out here one more time. Just to, and he's like, this isn't going to work. I'm like, what do you mean <laughs> it's not going to work? We've raised the money. We've got everything is, is lined up. He said, uh, because most of it was underground, there were rules about how many people you could have underground, which he did not tell us before. So it's not going to work. Okay, so God closed the door. But God, come on, this is a good plan. <laughs> right? You even led us to this building we felt like. And well, he closed the door. And then he closed another one and another one and another one. And it was four or five months later. And uh, honestly, to the point where I told Christy, I said, we just might have to like, start sending this money back because uh, we don't know what God's doing. There's nothing happening. We didn't send the money back, of course, <laughs> but uh, we just kept looking for a building. One day, there, we came across this one block right in the center of town, and uh, there were two buildings on this one block. They were the exact same size. They both needed completely remodeled, and, and we called on the first one, and he said, uh, $220,000. You mean we can actually pay cash for a building <laughs> and not owe anything on it? So we were getting excited. We thought, okay, we can, we can pay cash for the building, take out a loan on the building to do the remodel. And we were excited. I said, but let me just call on this one just to, to do due do, do, do diligence, you know. And it was two, two older ladies, and they said, we just need to get rid of it. So um, we'll give it to you for $108,000. <laughs> Same size as the other one. You know, today, long story short, or maybe it was already long, I don't know, but <laughs> to wrap up the story, we have a building. A little church on the island in the middle of the sea that nobody knows about has a church building completely paid for, remodel completely paid for. We don't owe a dime on it. 
They told us it was impossible. But they don't all know about my God. Because with God, nothing is impossible. So, again, I don't mean to belittle or diminish maybe what you're going through in your life. Uh, again, maybe you have a serious need. Maybe you have a serious health problem. Maybe you lost a loved one. But Lazarus is no longer dead in this story. He's dead again. Poor Lazarus had to die twice, huh? So Lazarus is risen from the dead. A little church with a, uh, a red-headed pastor who's not very good at it has its own building out in the middle of the island. Why? Because nothing is impossible with God. And so whatever you're going through, I encourage you, don't just focus on the immediate. Trust him with the whole picture. And when he doesn't work according to your timing, when he doesn't work according to your expectations, just trust him. Just trust him. I don't know about you, but many times a problem arises and I try to fix it this way and I try to fix it this way and I try to fix it this way and I can't do it. And then I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> have, have your turn at it. May we just trust him from the beginning. May we just realize that, that he, he understands everything that's going on and his purpose is different than mine. Again, his purpose, I do not believe, was to raise Lazarus from the dead. His purpose was so that others would know that he was God, right? And so um, nothing is impossible with God. The last point I see, I don't want to spend a lot of time here. I believe we understand this, but death is not final. Death is not final. Look, when, when we die, that's just our body dying, right? And we're going to go back to dust, as the Bible tells us, dust to dust. But after that, if we're saved, we then get to go spend an eternity in heaven because death isn't final. We get, God has promised us eternal life. What a great promise. And, and one day uh, soon, we're all going to be in heaven and we're going to be uh, we're going to be, I think it's going to be neat to see in heaven when we see uh, what God sees as the whole picture, right? And, oh, that's what you were doing. That's why you didn't do it the way I wanted it to be done. And one day, because death is not final, we're all going to be in heaven, those of us that are saved. But unfortunately, uh, some are not saved. And for them, death is not final either. You see, the Bible talks about a second death. Yeah, we're all going to die here on this earth. And it's not final for any of us. If, if we are Christians, we go to heaven. If we are not Christians, if we have never placed our faith solely in Jesus Christ, then that means there will be an eternity spent in hell. Because death on this earth is not final. It's important what I said, that place your faith only in Jesus Christ. You see, where we live, it's a, it's a place of beauty. It's a place of uh, everybody's happy. Uh, I was telling Pastor and Ms. Weems uh, at dinner, that we have the longest life expectancy in the world. Everybody's happy. Nobody needs anything. Uh, famous actors and actresses have, have mansions on our island. Uh, presidents and kings have mansions on our island. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Michael Jordan's yacht was, was docked at our island, and Jeff Bezos' yacht was at our island. And uh, It's just a wonderful place, and the problem is they don't need anything. They're putting their faith in their riches. They're putting their faith in their things. Our, our island is also, because of Spain, is Catholic. And they're putting their faith in their religion or in their baptism. Uh, I don't know how many times over the last four years I said, hey, are you saved? And uh, they say, I've been baptized. <laughs> hey, do you go to church? I'm Catholic. Right? And they're putting their faith in the wrong things. Uh, I know it's a Wednesday night crowd. I would, I, would be, I would feel safe in making the assumption that most everyone here is saved tonight. But I would hate to make the assumption that everyone is saved. 
And I want to warn you tonight that death is not final. You see, you see, you will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. But the good news is it's your choice. It's your choice. If you put your faith, if you choose to place your faith in Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, you get to go to heaven. If you choose to place your faith in anything else, you will go to hell. But it is your choice. But death is not final. So Christian, this evening, are you struggling with something God is doing or not doing in your life? Are you, are you maybe questioning God? Maybe you're at the point where you're angry with God. Maybe you're at the point where you're just disappointed or you're just confused about what's going on. Maybe you're just focused on, on the immediate, on what's going on right now in your life, and, and you just need to trust God to see the whole picture. Again, as we wrap up this evening, I understand everyone has needs. If I were to ask for a show of hands, does anybody have any needs or problems this evening? <laughs> We'd probably all go with both hands, right? We all have needs. We all have problems. And I, again, don't mean to diminish what you're going through, but what I do want you to understand tonight is Lazarus is no longer dead. A, a church in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea has its own building completely paid for. Whatever you're going through, it's not impossible for God to take care of. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day you've given us. I do thank you for this church and just their goodness to us, Lord. And I thank you for all that you do for us. I thank you, as odd as it may sound, that you don't work according to our timing, that you don't work according to our expectations, but that you see the entire picture and you know what's best for us and you want what's best for us because you are our Father. And Lord, we, I pray this evening that if somebody's struggling with something this evening, something you're doing or not doing, that they would just fully trust you with everything, Lord. And Lord, I pray, I beg you, if someone here tonight does not know you as their Savior, if somebody here tonight is not a...